This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. Alba, good morning. Um, I was having this conversation on air just uh, before that song played, saying when it comes to the matters of life, we always think that our contribution is insignificant because we might be too young or too old or we're not significant enough or we don't have a platform or whatever. We forget that we can actually achieve something. I just need to get myself in order and join you who's got yourself in order and we're already on our way to community. Good morning. Absolutely. So playing small is a cop-out, eh? That's right. <laughs> I agree. Just to put it directly. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you have to shock yourself to get yourself out of this sort of, you know, tiny me place. Yeah. Because we can't afford to have people in that place. We need everybody to understand that you can make a difference and your difference goes a long way, which is what we're talking about today. It's a story of uh, um, one of our Facebook stories, yeah. why even the smallest personal actions make a difference in the climate fight. So this story bounces off um, this wonderful book by Paul Hawken called Drawdown, which we've actually discussed before. But mm. he writes about 100 ways to stop climate change. And that means we can discuss this book for 100 weeks because, you know, we can unpack each of, each of these ways. And this is, for me, kind of a book that really every house has to have, and, and it should be a mission of every family to say, okay, we are going to get there. Let's just start somewhere. And most of us, I think, have already started somewhere, mm. but we need to turn it into a personal game, game and say, okay, let's say maybe every month we're going to, tackle one more of these areas, and gradually, over the next 10 years, we are going to drop our footprint. So um, mankind emits 36 gigatons of carbon dioxide um, gases. Uh, it's always called carbon dioxide equivalent gases, wow. because there are others as well, but they always convert them into carbon dioxide equivalent um, yearly, 36 gigatons. And a gigaton is is a billion, wow. billion tons. So it, um, it, um, we have to remove, we have to stop escalating the gases, and we have to remove 1,442 gigatons of gases from the atmosphere to stop climate change. How do you do that? So that's 1,442 billion tons. Um, yeah, so there are hundred ways to do it, and I'm sure there are more. This was just, you know, they actually went and crunched the numbers of mm. all the things that people, personal people, you and I, small people, can actually do. Because you and I, in our type of lifestyle, emit 18 tons uh, per year. And to stop climate change, we have to reduce our personal emissions to less than 2.5 per year. So we've got to cut it to a ninth, I've roughly worked Mm. out, of what we currently have. So that sounds like a massive mountain. And now, you know, if you have to cross a very high mountain, say the Himalayas or something, you're not going to put your eyes on the tip of the mountain. You need to know it's there, which is what we're doing. We're taking in the big picture. But now we have to say, okay, how am I going to give the next step? Can I do this? Yes, I can. Can I do this? Yes, I can. You know, like one step at a time. So that's why we break it down and say, okay, what can we really do? The interesting thing is the top four things that we can do is, number one, have one less child, which is which is interesting hmm. because now we've probably already had our children back. Our children are having children, yeah. so there we go. We can have impact there. Um, lead a motor-free life. Hmm. 
which in South Africa is a challenge. It can save three tons per year. And if, if it comes to this one, I say, now I'll contextualize it in our South African situation. So it's not, for me, currently 100% possible. But what I can say is I will never drive anywhere that I can possibly walk to. Yes. For example, the shops, or I specifically live where I can walk to everything. Do I always walk? No. But that's a commitment that I can make then. Yes. Like a lot of us made um, during the lockdown, people started walking. I mean, this era, everyone's walking. I know. It used to be nobody walking exactly. here. Exactly. I've noticed it too, Elmer. And it's really awesome. I see people I never saw before. I see families I never saw before. So let's keep these things. So let's say, okay, I will never drive anywhere where I can possibly walk. Yes, it's going to take extra time. But think of the benefits to your health. Mm. So it's really worth it in all regards. Replan, you know, time management is so important. Yes, I'm going to have to add an extra half an hour to get down to the shopping mall and, and, and less than half an hour, actually, for me, 15 minutes, and back up as well. Now I'm carrying heavy stuff. Now I'm doing weight training. Yeah. Awesome. You know, so there's just so many benefits. So we can, we can make it in a way I can say I park my car and I only drive my daughter to college. That's the only thing. Mm. I will not be commuting to Cape Town anymore. You know, mm. this type of thing. We can say uh, our family has, maybe your family currently has two cars. Well, we can scale that one car. You know, gradually mm. you can get to that target with, with, with what is really possible at the moment. The third one is to stop flying. Yes. Now, I made that commitment a few years ago already, and I've turned on many invitations. I just say no. I can't do that anymore. It mm. doesn't make sense. I, for my children, I will not do it, you mm. know. So that's a possibility. Currently, also nobody's flying. And are we okay? Sure. If we're not ill, we're okay. If mm. we're not hungry, we're okay, you know. So can you see that we can make a good life around here? And the fourth one is, of course, the plant-based diet. Mm. So there we can save one ton per year. So, you know, again, a lot of people have started with one day a week, no meat. Uh, maybe now you make it two days. Or maybe already on two days, maybe you make it three days. So we don't have to shock ourselves from, from all to nothing. But we can gradually, and I think it must be an ongoing game. It must be turned into a fun exercise. Yeah. It mustn't be like a punishment, you know. We are contextualizing our lives in the way that our children can have a decent future. And, and isn't that awesome? You know, that's great. So, you know, they talk here about the 100th monkey story. Do you know the story? No, tell us, tell us. It's very common. It's, it's lately very popular. People speak about it a lot. It's been twisted and turned. But originally it had to do with hunting. There was a monkey somewhere on an island that suddenly realized, but if I wash my potato in the water, then it's not, then I don't have to eat soil. Yeah. And started doing that. And this monkey's mother noticed and started doing it. And children noticed and started doing it. And so gradually the family did it. And the neighboring families saw this and started doing it. So now eventually... When it got to around 100 monkeys washing their potatoes, <laughs> the monkeys on the neighboring islands who never see them also started doing it. So there's a thing called group consciousness that actually spreads. So that is the whole benefit behind actually just doing the right things. Mm. Because you spread it physically, people see it, I ask you, I've always said, you know, just, just do it. Um, and, you know, the whole thing about... Hope, I recently read a very beautiful definition. It's something that you do even though you're not sure that by doing this you're going to stop whatever it is you're trying to stop. You know what I'm saying? You just yes. do the right thing because it's the right thing. 
I think what's, uh, what you've highlighted here, Elma, I think uh, it's so important that we need to realize that we can actually do this. Uh, I think for some people it's like, oh, you know what, it's, it's, a, it's a loss. It's an effort. I've got to go. And, and I think that's the, the issue is just do one thing differently and then do two things differently and don't drive just once a week drive the, uh, in a carpool or whatever or, or just yeah. don't take this particular trip. Have, a, have your trip only every second. So it, it doesn't have to be this now I must go from all to nothing, from having a lovely meal now every day I must eat a lettuce leaf, you know, that kind of attitude. <laughs> yes, we don't have to... Make it, it must not be a punishment. Yeah. It must be fun, which is why I think, you know, especially if you have smaller children, you can have a family meeting and you can map this out and ask the kids to come up with ideas. And then it's so much easier to stick with it. Okay, now I have my kids visiting and they see um, w- when I'm going to cook, I run into the garden to pick my leaves, yes. you know? So that's quite better than for me to say to him, why don't you have veggies on your balcony in the city, you know? Mm. I'm illustrating it rather than saying it. And they follow what you do, of course, you yes. know? It's like this, this awesome man who used to be an industrial fisherman. His name is Ben Smith. And he realized that uh, they were depleting the ocean. And he woke up. And he started this thing called Green Wave, where, where he does kelp farming. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, in the ocean, the problem is um, the... the, the Ocean absorbs the bulk, by the way, of the of the heat from the atmosphere, and this causes ocean acidification from the heat, and this destroys the plankton, and the plankton is what the fish eat. And hello, if the fish go, then yeah, we also basically mm. can't live. And so, um, kelp um, um, takes all this carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere to the extent that he says, if nine percent of the oceans were under kelp farms, we mm. would have no climate change. Wow. And now he's teaching other people to start kelp farms. I mean, there's an awesome idea for all of us, you know. Amazing. So you turn what you already do into good, and you stay in the same line because that is your interest. In, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you can tweak that so that it's beneficial to the planet as opposed to detrimental. So everybody can store ecosystems wherever they are. And a lot of people think, oh, no, no, but, you know, it's up to the government. They must bring out new laws. Yes, we have to do personal change. We have to innovation, and we need new laws. But an interesting point in the story for me was also they say that politicians are not leaders. They follow us. Mm. They follow what the people on the ground demand. They have to please us. So we have to lead from the bottom up. If we start saying... You know, we want to grow veggies on the local field, you know, case in point here and, and my side. Yeah. Then, oh, my gosh, if that's what people want, then it becomes a thing, mm. you know. And then that is shared with the other politicians, and they go and share, and it starts in other areas. I mean, that's the hundreds monkey already. So I'm very happy being a monkey, <laughs> mm-hmm. as long as I have a positive impact. So basically, you know, social change starts inside of us. Yeah. We love that. And I'm just going to end with a very short little sentence from this article. It simply says, the point is that we have to start somewhere and changing behavior one person at a time can and does influence social change. Alma Pollard, thank you for being one of those people that uh, if you're going to be a monkey that washes his sweet potato, I'll join you and wash my sweet potato because I get why I need to do it, Alma Pollard. Awesome. Uh, Thanks a lot. Great chatting to you. Thanks so much, Alma. Have an awesome day. Bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za.